You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. If you are new to this, Locked On Boston College is a daily podcast where we talk Boston College sports. Of course, with this being Holy War Week, we've been talking a lot about Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Later on in the show, we have John Coleman of BC uh, Heights, the student newspaper. He's going to talk about what it's like being a BC student uh, and their view on the Holy War. And of course, we're going to end our show with Eric Hofsis, who's going to bring his usual take on Boston College and Notre Dame. And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, Eric is very pro-BC in this matchup, so you're going to want to hit hit that up. Uh, that comes up in the third segment of our show. T- but before we do, there has been a ton of Boston College news going along. If you have not been to my site, it's bcbulletin.com. We've been all over a ton of different um, press releases and news going on about sports that don't have to do with football. Men's basketball, as we mentioned earlier this week, they released their schedule. Uh, Missouri is the final uh, game that they're going to play. It's going to be at Mohegan Sun at the beginning of December. On top of that, women's basketball, and uh, they released their schedule as well. If you want to check out a program that's on the rise and a coach that is doing an amazing job of bringing BC to a next level, you really need to check out BC women's basketball. I'm telling you, you know, I was not the biggest uh, women's basketball fan before this. I got into it last year, and I am hooked. They are a fun team to watch, and I want to I want to tell you guys, if you, you haven't checked them out yet, they play good basketball. They got some real talent on that team. Taylor Soleil uh, was named uh, preseason All-ACC. She's a, she's a talent to watch. So women's basketball, uh, they got their schedule. On top of that, men's hockey released their schedule today. They're going to be kicking off and dropping puck in a week, and that's crazy. On top of all of this, there's news that there probably will not be a bean pot this year. Uh, the Hockey East is going to basically stick with a uh, conference schedule, which uh, pretty much eliminates Harvard. And Harvard, I don't. Uh, Harvard on top of that, Harvard's not playing any sports, so they're gone. So there won't be a bean pot this year. Man, there's just so much news. So you have all of that, and on top of that, you have football coming up this weekend. And I really, really, really need to get into the red bandana game, because I don't feel like I've done my job as a journalist and in a podcaster to give Wells Crowther the respect and attention that his story deserves. Because this game this weekend is big. Boston College and Notre Dame is a huge deal for everyone involved. But the story of Wells Crowther is bigger than that. It transcends sports. If you want to look at Boston College as a university, as an ideal of men and women for others, Wells Crowther is the shining example. He is the gold standard of what all of us should strive to be. When it came to the point where he had to make a decision of protecting himself or being that men and women for others motto and living it, he did that. So if you don't know Wells' story, I'm going to tell it to you really quickly. Wells was a uh, Boston College uh, lacrosse player who worked in New York on 9-11. He was a volunteer firefighter. 
And uh, when the planes hit, he was in one of the World Trade Center towers working on one of the, um, I think it was an accounting firm. And when they hit, you know, they call it the red bandana game. It was because there was so much smoke on 9-11 in those buildings that people couldn't see where they were going. And Wells stayed there and he helped people get out. He helped, I think, eight to ten different people get out. And when they told their story, they told about the guy in the the man in the red bandana, the guy that came up and helped them find the exits and get out of the building alive. He did this ten, like eight to ten different times, going up and down and bringing them out. He's a hero. Unfortunately, he went back up one two, one more time and the buildings collapsed, and Wells lost his life. But he's he has a story that's going to live forever because Wells Crowther is what all of us should strive to be. He did the thing that we all hope we could do when a position, a situation like this happens. And, you know, the coaches, the players, they watched on nine 11 this year, the story that they did on ESPN on Wells Crowther. And if you haven't checked that out, spend 15 minutes to watch it because you're going to be in tears by the end. It's so beautifully done. Wells's story is bigger than football in this red bandana game. You know, Halfley has said it over and over again. It's more than just wearing a red bandana uniform. It's honoring his legacy. And I think it's such a big story. And I personally, you know, my wife was at BC the year that the planes hit. And, you know, we all know the stories. We all know what happened. Um, It's just one of those things that you're never going to forget. And Wells' story is one of those like bright lights that come from that. They, he, he did something that I don't think any of us could ever put ourselves in that shoes, to give our lives up to help other people. Wells didn't think twice about it. And his mom and his dad, who passed away two years ago, they, tell that, they would tell that story to everybody. And it's so beautiful. Um, you know... I, it's one of the moments in a sports year that I look forward to every year. And I know it's not on 9-11 anymore and they move it to a game that means more. But it's just another opportunity to think about Wells and th- and reflect on a man that lived his ideals to the last moment of his life. And I, I just think, you know, I will never get tired of talking about his story and to teach my kids about Wells Crowther and to tell them... This is a guy that is is better than any of us will ever mean to be. This is a guy that you should strive to be like because he be- did what he believed and he helped people. And in a world right now where there's so many people that don't look out for other people and they do things for themselves, it's refreshing and it's, it, it's soul-quenching to think about what Wells did. So no matter what BC does on Saturday, if they go out and lay an egg against Notre Dame, those uniforms still mean something. They still have an impact. They still represent something that's bigger than football. And I want to, you know, if you get a chance to run in the Red Bandana uh, 5K or you can donate to Wells Crowther's Foundation or anything to do to help uh, raise his, uh, his story, Please do, because it it means that much. So, you know, we're going to head into our first break. 
you know, just if you have a moment right now, just pause the podcast, go to YouTube, look up Wells Crowther, and and just take a moment to reflect on his story. Uh, because I, I, you know, I want you to think about that before we start talking about football again, because I want Wells's legacy to continue to live on. And as a journalist who talks about Boston College, I feel it's my duty to think about and to tell you about it, if, especially if there's students that aren't aware or younger people that aren't aware or people that just don't know it. And that's OK. But go out there and check that out. OK. This is AJ Black, and we're gonna uh, we'll be back in a second to talk about um, BC and Notre Dame with uh, Jack Coleman of uh, Height Sports. Let's you know just chill for a moment, and we're gonna talk about Coors Light. Coors Light is a beer that is made to chill. If you need a moment during the weekend, if you've watched some football and it's stressing you out, and you just need a beer that is made to chill. Get yourselves a ice-cold Coors Light. Coors Light is a beer that is perfect when you're having those days that just feel like you're on 24-7. And I love to have a Coors Light, especially if I'm just, you know, it's a Thursday night or a Friday afternoon and I'm just watching, you know, the Masters or, you know, I'm watching Colorado State because I want to see how the old coach is doing. I'll grab an ice-cold Coors Light. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as cold and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It's perfect for a moment to unwind. And I believe me, we all need those moments to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you hit choose to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. With me, I have Jack Coleman. He's a uh, writer for uh, The Heights and a class of 22 Boston College student. Jack, how's it going? I'm fantastic. I'm, let me tell you, I'm amped for this weekend. I think it's going to be an incredible game. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you on because I've talked to Notre Dame writers. I've talked to... BC writers and I've talked to you know old farts like me and I want to hear from people that are on campus now and and current students and people that are you know in the younger generation and see what they're thinking what is the feel around BC's campus I know everyone has to be you know in their own little spot right now because of COVID but what is the general feel about this team and the the game against uh, Notre Dame coming up this weekend so there's a lot here to kind of unpack. Um, you know, being a junior, two years in, having seen two different football teams under Adazio, and now we have the Halfley era, uh, you know, it's kind of been a weird state of flux uh, as fans. And, you know, last year especially, my freshman year was a good year. We had college game day against Clemson. Last year was kind of iffy, so-so, and, you know, the fan interaction wasn't really there. Now this year, I think is really different. Um, you know, we don't have access to alumni. You know, we're not in there every day. We, we don't have tailgates or whatever. But I think that I've actually sat down and watched more complete BC football games this season alone than maybe in the past uh, when they had been away games or had been on TV. And this isn't just me. I, I mean, I'm talking from the perspective of someone who's in WZBC calling games, writing for the Heights, all these different things, doing my own podcast. And, you know, that was never 
really there among the general population, among us, you know, the guys who become the old farts who still keep talking about BC football. You know, we have the passion. Um, but what I saw this year was among the common, kind of like the common friends who, you know, they knew when the game was starting. They had it on. Uh, they know players on the team, not like before. Um, and I'm really, really curious to see what alumni will be like once, you know, COVID finally wraps up and, and we're safe to go in there again. I think you're going to see a different super fan emerge out of this as well. I think that people are going to be more receptive to going to games, staying the whole time, uh, not just because BC is good right now and Halfley is good, uh, but because we haven't had social interaction like that in so long. So yeah. whether it's my year, whether it's the year after, I think kids are going to, you know, flood the games. And especially if we can get them in there ahead of uh, the team running out, that'd be huge. Yeah. You know, you mentioned a good point. Like, so just kind of from a perspective, I, I was there when BC first got to the ACC. I remember I was back in the day partying in Edmonds, which is gone now. Um, and I remember that game specifically. But the big issue with BC fans back then were, was Shea Field, which is now uh, the Fish Field House, and people would never leave. You would have students out there, they would just never, never leave. They'd just party through the whole game. They'd show up, you know, half in the bag at halftime and then leave in, at the end of the third quarter because that just was what BC's fans were doing. And then that was when BC was good, and then would, that would kind of continued until, like, the Matt Ryan era. And then you got Frank Spaziani and Adazio, and just, like, you could feel just, like, from the fan base that just, like, the life was getting sucked out of, you know, especially the younger and, – and I have to give credit to students, at, especially at football games. Even during some of those years where, it, like, BC was at its lowest – the, the student fan base was there every game. You could always count on, you know, I'd be sitting in my season ticket holder spot and across the way, you could always count on students to be there. And, and, and that's a credit to BC students, you know, basketball is a whole other story. We'll get into that at some other point. Uh, that, that is, that. Sure. <laughs> uh, and I don't blame students for that at all, but um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes because the, as you mentioned, COVID has kind of changed where things are at. And on top of that, you have a, now a, a new head coach and a system and a, and a program that's much more attractive to watch. You, you got Jeff Halfley, who's engaging. He really, really, he, you know, I, I'm at press conferences every day. It kills him that students can't be there. That's all he wants. <laughs> he wants to do the yeah. eagle walk and see you guys. And that's all he talks about. And to see that not happening, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a big thing. Now, Notre Dame this weekend, it's Ian Book versus Phil Dracovic. It's a big, big yeah, – that's a big deal. And, you know, the staff has really played that down, but it's a big deal. Now, Jack, what are you thinking about this matchup? And where do you see BC – what do you think BC needs to do to kind of win a game like this? Yeah, I mean, in the past, and, and especially the last couple of games, especially that Clemson one – uh, Hathley's been emphasizing that he goes into it, treating it like every other game, um, and that there isn't just this raised bar of expectations. You, you know, you want to go in like you are practicing week in and week out, and it doesn't matter what team you're playing, you're just going to get that win. Um, but this is different. And, and I mean, Hathley's a new coach, but, you know, as the fans, the team members, I'm sure that they had all marked this game down on their calendar when it came out, and especially when Notre Dame joined the ACC. Uh, I'm sure the same exact time that 
uh, uh, Phil Jerkovic, excuse me, was marking the X on his calendar. I was doing it on mine because we know that backstory. It's been there from the start. We had troubles with it over the summer in terms of Phil getting his waiver. Um, what this game is going to come down to is that Phil Jerkovic left that team. You know, he decided to cut it off and he decided to move on and go somewhere else. There was, you know, a lot of different relationships that were involved there, whether it was between him and Brian Kelly, whether it was between him and Book in a quarterback battle. This is his game to show out. And he's had a couple games, and especially late, late in the game in the fourth quarter, where Halfley even said he gets laser focused and he locks in. That is what is going to need to happen against Notre Dame this weekend. They were able to capitalize against Clemson where we didn't late in the fourth quarter when they scored that touchdown drive to kind of even the score. And then we got that double overtime result. Now, I mean, I don't necessarily know if we're on that same caliber where if Notre Dame strikes back late in the game, if we can bounce back. But we've seen that with Phil throughout the year. Like I said, he gets laser focused and it truly, truly is his game to win. It's his game to show all the haters out there that he was right to move on, that he's the better quarterback than Book, and that he can bring this BC team to the next level in his, at his first year here. So it's on Phil, first of all. Now I'm going to roll with Chestnut Phil because that's my go-to for him. Yeah, um, but then after him, it's Halfley as well. This is big. This is a huge game in your first career season at BC. This is the Holy War. This is Red Bandana. This is everything that we as BC fans embody into one game. You know, it's not just me, but I know plenty of students who got waitlisted or deferred or de straight up denied from Notre Dame. It's personal here. So the same feelings that they have in this Holy War, we have as well. So mm -hmm. Halfley needs to understand that. I think he does after listening to his talk with John Meter Perel last night. Um, but yeah, Halfley needs to come out here show Brian Kelly that he can at least go drive for drive with him on a mental front. Yep. Um, and if he can, this can be a very, very special red bandana game in a year where, you know, we haven't been able to have fans at all. Yeah. It's, it's, a, you're right. It's such a big moment. I know a lot of fans uh, specifically, I've, I've seen some BC fans specifically saying like, I'm worried about Halfley moving on. And my, my thought is he hasn't won anything yet. He wins against Notre Dame, and all of a sudden, his his profile raises up a little bit. But I, you know, as as, as an alumni who, you know, I got married at BC. I've I have a big connection with the school. I'm really hoping for the students and, and and the players, and you know, all of you guys. You know, guys like me, that's great. It would be fun to see you guys, see BC win. But I want the fan base to get that big win because it means so much more to you. And it means so much more to the school itself for like you to see what BC can be like, because I'll tell you, I, I was there in 2002 when BC beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. And I think BC, Notre Dame was ranked in like the top five at that point. And I was mm -hmm. in Walsh Hall watching as fans <laughs> stormed into alumni stadium because it was an away game, ripped the, the field goal posts out and ran down Linden Lane with it as I was watching from, from Walsh Hall, from like the ninth floor, it was the craziest thing. And I, you know, those are the moments you don't forget. And I think BC fans and students, they need those moments again. It's been so long, you know, the last one that you, that BC's had was like 2014 in USC. That's six years ago. 
you know, yeah. we, it's a big moment. BC needs to win. So Jack, thank you so much for being on. I want you to get a chance. First of all, I've seen you on Twitter. You're dying to get a, an internship at Barstool. Sell yeah. yourself. This is We're a perfect chance. Fun. Get yourself out there. Tell, why should Barstool get you as an intern? Barstool should get me as an intern because you are not going to find anyone with as much tenacity or as much grit as me. I go out of my way to get those interviews, to lock them down, and to bring the content that people want. I, I have a good read on what's trending, what people like to see, and how you can relate that to your own organization. It doesn't even have to be Barstool. And frankly, if they don't pick up on it soon enough, I think I can take my talents anywhere and show them up. So, <laughs> take them to but yeah, on a more humble note, I think that Barstool to me is kind of like the future of sports media. I think mm -hmm. that it's a lot more open and, and freelance that like your Deadspin or your, um, well, like Deadspin was kind of my, my main go-to there. But yep. I think that's where everything is trending. We're seeing it with normal news as well. We want the opinion as opposed to just the straight fact. And that's what you're getting with Barstool. And that's what you'll always get from me, 100%. Yep. I totally agree with you, Jack. That's kind of my take on it. Like, I've always been the guy that's not going to just sit there and spout back what the coaches and players say because who, who gives a crap, right? Like, yep. you, you, can get, you can get that from anywhere. You can read the transcripts and get what that is. Getting your opinion out there. That's, that's kind of, that's what people like. It's unfortunately the takes and the, and your opinion is what people gets people tuned in. So Barstool, if you're listening, hire Jack, get him as an intern. Jack, what else would you want to plug? I know you have a podcast, you have your writing and, and where, do, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah. So my Twitter is at jcoleman0212. Uh, make sure to throw a follow for all your funny sports related gifts and everything else. And to keep up to date on my barstool journey, I guess. Um, but through that, I also tweet a lot about my own podcast that I do with my co-host Aiden Broderick, also my roommate. Uh, we started back in high school, our senior year. This has been our third year going at it. Uh, we've had guests like Mike Lupica, Bob Ryan, Tony Reale from around the horn, Dr. Jen Welter, BC alum and first female NFL coach. Uh, just a, a handful of, of everyone across the media and you know the numbers aren't there yet and it's weird because we're bringing this quality show and I just don't think it's getting out there yet so I'm gonna use this platform to say follow subscribe review anything you can to at BC senior quotes um, we're on Apple podcasts and SoundCloud right now you can follow us on Twitter it's the same thing at BC senior quotes um, and we're gonna have a ton of content we always mention BC football when it's when it's a good weekend um we'll talk BC basketball when that comes up as well for our lady fans out there we run through bachelorette every single week as well so <laughs> whatever you want you can get it with us um so if I want to find out why Claire week. left the Claire left the bachelorette you, you you'll be able to tell me 100 she was all in love with Dale from day one you couldn't blame her I had no disagreements with her on that one <laughs> All right, Jack, thank you so much for being on. Um, we'll have to check in with you again in a couple of weeks. How's that sound? Yeah, let's, uh, let's get that BC basketball talk going at some okay. point. <laughs> All right, we'll definitely do that. All right, Jack, Jack Coleman, thank you for being on. This is AJ Black. Um, in the moment, we're going to talk to Eric Hoffs. Before we do, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious uh, multi-nutrient uh, bar that can give you the energy that you need to get through your day. If you're a student at Boston College and you're studying for finals, if you're a 
you know, a, a professional who's at work and you're hitting that two to three o'clock hour drag like I do, Built Bar is perfect to get you through that. And they have 18 amazing flavors. I can't even wait to try some of these. I've already had a few. Some of them you can try. Double chocolate, peanut butter, German chocolate, coconut almond. I am getting hungry just thinking about it. Now, Built Bar is great for the health conscious person. It can help you maintain weight while you get your hunger satisfied or it can help you lose weight because it has 19 grams of protein only, get this, only 180 calories with five grams of sugar. It's perfect for any diet. If you're on a keto diet, it's great for that too. Now, Built Bar has set us with a great deal and you need to act on it quickly if you wanna take advantage of it. If you order from Built Bar right now, you get a free cooler with purchase. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Locked on Boston College, this is AJ Black. With me I have my guest slash co-host, Eric Hostis, who's going to talk to us about this weekend's game. Eric, how's it going? I am pumped up for the game this weekend. This is the uh, uh, probably most excited I've, I've been for a BC game in, in a long time, even more so than Clemson, I feel like, two weeks ago. Oh, really? All right, so let's jump in. Why are you so excited about this game over Clemson? Uh, you know, the Clemson game was exciting, but, um, you know, it, it did lose a little bit of its luster when Trevor Lawrence came out of the game, and, and then it was like, I don't know, you hear, you hear people saying, oh, well, if BC wins, it's only because they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. So, I don't know. Once, once all uh, the pessimistic people on Twitter and whatnot started saying that, I don't know, I kind of got a little less amped for the game than I had been. And, but now, man, Notre, Notre Dame uh, beat Clemson. They're number two in the country. They're undefeated. This is, you know, the team that, BC loves to beat every year any way they can. And uh, I, I don't know. I've been waiting for this one for a while. I kept I, – I, 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 it's a little bit different. I, I kept – I had said in earlier episodes, you know, that Notre Dame was going to be ripe for the picking because I thought they'd go into the Clemson game undefeated just like they did. And I thought Clemson would beat them and it would kind of take the wind out of their sails a little bit. Uh, now it kind of has – the exact opposite going on, but I'm uh, I'm still kind of excited for BC. I think I think there could be a, I think there could be a letdown factor here this weekend. So yeah, I want to give you credit because you know a lot of people I saw um, Chip Patterson say on I think of CBS Sports say today that he's picking BC straight out. I want to give you credit. You're one of the first people you've you've been picking this game since week two, probably right, right after Duke, Duke win, Eric has been saying, we're going we're gonna to knock off Notre Dame. So if they get it, you got to give Eric Hoffs his credit for this because he's been all over it. So let's get into the game. Eric, you've talked about this at, uh, you know, at length to me, and we've talked about it. Why, why do you think BC is, is ripe for winning this game? Well, I, I just want to first start off and just kind of quickly talk about Notre Dame's win last weekend. Obviously, it was impressive that they beat Clemson, 
Um, even without Trevor Lawrence, it was still a very good win. But uh, I kind of went back and watched the game. You know, it was Saturday night last weekend. So after a couple drinks and a couple whatever, maybe, uh, you know, I wasn't remembering the whole game 100% completely. And after rewatching, I was like, wow, Clemson didn't even wake up in the game till the second half. Uh, Notre Dame had that first touchdown run where um, Williams kind of juked out Clemson safety, but it wasn't even like a good juke. It was just this one step juke and uh, uh, the, the, the Clemson safety number 24, he took a step in the wrong direction and that's all it took and he couldn't recover. Um, and then, of course, the end of the first half, you had uh, um, Notre Dame get a defensive touchdown, and then Clemson gets the ball back. The next play, Clemson fumbles. Notre Dame gets a, a field goal out of that. Like, Clemson handed Notre Dame 10 points right at the end of the first half. And like I said, they weren't even awake the whole first half. So that that's uh, – that, that's kind of my thing with that game. It looks very impressive on paper being Clemson like that, but I'm like, man, that was not – you kind of had Notre Dame playing the best I've seen them play all season, and Clemson kind of had like their C game um, in that game. And not take anything away from Notre Dame, but I don't feel like they're walking in here like the big dog, like they're the best team in the ACC. I just don't think they are. Yeah, and, you know – what what struck me were some of the play you were, you mentioned it like Clemson sleepwalking, yeah you know the fumble by ETN that um, the linebacker from Notre Dame picked off, um, yeah. it was like a mirror of what Brandon Sebastian did like a week before. You know it was a yeah handball. you're right. ETN fumbled it you know bobbled it again and the, the uh, Notre Dame linebacker just ripped it out. Um, now let's look at where the the matchups favor where you think the matchups might actually give an edge to BC. Eric, talk a little bit about where you think Jeff Halfley could scheme or uh, take advantage of maybe some weaknesses from Notre Dame or places that, you know, BC may be able to just kind of catch them off guard. Um, you know, I think this could be a, a, a Zay Flowers game. Um, um, no, Notre Dame has a Good defense. Okay, they're they're. Uh, you, you look at some look at some of the stats. Um, they're number one in the ACC in points per game, two in rushing D, three pass defense. I mean, they're they're a good they're a good defense, but um, they're they're not a real athletic defense. You know, it's not it it's not like it's going to be one of these games where the BC receivers like um, can't can't shake the cornerbacks on the other team kind of like you remember when they used to go up against some of those Clemson teams and they the receivers on BC just couldn't get open they weren't athletic enough and and uh Notre Dame's not like that like honestly you you watch the games the Notre Dame games the the announcers are always saying that uh Azuku Koromoa the linebacker is the fastest guy on the whole defense and which is kind of a compliment to him but it's also a roundabout way of saying like these quarterbacks and safeties aren't real fast um Clemson had had a lot of success uh both throwing deep both getting the ball just in their playmakers hands like with some space um so I think BC can attack in that fashion it's going to be a, a big like I said a big Zay Flowers game and and they're gonna they're gonna use their wider seat it feels weird to say for BC but they're gonna they're going to be able to get their receivers and find them some open field and let them make plays. And that's, 
that's going to be the uh, key key to attack for the BC offense. And um, uh, defensively, you know, you watch this Notre Dame team and, um, you know, in book, I, I think I think people perceive him as a very good quarterback because he's been around forever as the Notre Dame quarterback and they know him. But, but you know, I don't know. I've kind of been like not unimpressed, but like he's just kind of like, yeah, you know, when I watch him book play, he's thrown for 300 yards twice the whole year. Um, and that was um, 310 against Clemson, 312 on Pitt. Like he, he's not and his and his receivers he, he does have some good good guys uh especially i, I really like the tight end the uh michael may or baby gronk they call him yep. um but i mean it's not like this is like this is like uh the the, the toughest assignment bc defense is going to have that my my one concern and we can get into other concerns in in, in a moment but uh well i'll just get into it now but the concern for me is that Notre Dame offensive line. They're a veteran group. They have, I want to say, almost combined but between the five guys, they have around 150 career starts, which is just an insane number. And they're, they kind of started off the year like uh, – it reminds me of the BC O-line a little bit, but better. Like they, they, they had a lot of hype coming into the year, and they kind of started off like, okay, and that now they've really picked it up late. So that's – that is a big concern for me, you know, uh, in this game. Yeah. Uh, so some of the things I want to like go back to some of the things you were just mentioning, Eric, cause I thought you brought up some good points. I talked to jo- uh, Joe DeLeon of uh, locked on Irish and he brought up uh, the issues with the long ball too. So uh, even Irish fans are, are in, in journalists are all aware of where that could be a weakness for BC. Um, Eric, I'm going to go back to you again. Um, let's get your prediction for this game. Um, I am going to go ahead. If you've read the site, if you've gone on bcbulletin.com, you already saw my ACC predictions that I'm already taking I'm taking Notre Dame in the points. So I'll get into that tomorrow with my official prediction, but I got a feeling you're going the opposite way. So go ahead and shoot. Uh, yeah, I'm going uh, BC in the upset. I think BC is going to be able to score points, um, in this one. And, uh, I got BC winning 34 to 30 and, pulling off a huge upset all right there you have it there so that's our first upset choice of uh of the week eric hofsis eric where can people find you on twitter and uh instagram uh you can follow me on my site hoffa bbq and uh check me out thanks aj all right this is aj black we're going to return again on monday to talk about the uh the outcome of the notre dame bc game we're going to give you full analysis Eric will be returning with us to talk about the game and give his feedback as well. Um, so make sure you check us out. You can check me out on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can check out our Twitter at LockedOnBC. And my site is BC Bulletin. I will have full coverage all throughout the weekend. So just go to bcbulletin.com and you will get all your information there. Thank you all. And we'll see you again on Monday. This is AJ. Take care, everyone.